0: Hello, friends. Hello, colleagues. Hello, listeners and subscribers. We are so glad you're here listening or watching the Platinum Business Break podcast. So if you're listening uh, on YouTube, it will be our vidcast. So anyway, we're glad you're here. Today's episode is going to be a great one. It's a continuation of the theme, the way business should be part three and we're gonna be talking about world-class organizations or how to become a world-class organization so again this is season 3 episode 11 and it is sponsored by Platinum Business Consulting and Platinum Business Consulting was founded with the mission to help companies become world-class organizations Okay, because there's very very few in my opinion out there that every time you go your experience is just just insane it's just like, oh, wow, like they exceed your expectations every time. But that's what we should all strive for, right? I think every business owner, every every company, if you're an employee or an executive team, C-suite, whatever, you want your company to be in that top few percentage points of world-class businesses. And you don't have to be big to be world-class, okay? So with that, we are going to jump in. And, and before I begin, one thing, I do have a special offer. I have a free offer at the end, so please listen again. It's... No catch, just uh, I want to offer a free book, um, so I want to just say stay tuned to the end, and I'll give you the details on that. A few weeks ago, I did a podcast right after my vacation called Have You Recalibrated Your Compass Lately? And, and basically, uh, I was on a cruise ship. The cruise ship uh, did a maneuver to recalibrate the compass, and you could listen to that. But I, I, re, I recalibrated my own compass because that's the reason for a vacation, right, taking some time off. And I started writing down, you know, what do I believe? You know, what I need to reset my beliefs or confirm my beliefs. And and this is more towards how businesses should operate. So I wrote down my manifesto, which is my public declaration of values, views, and direction, and specifically the way business should be. All right, this is number three. So number one was, hey, business shouldn't be hard. Number two, we talked about communication. So this is number three, building a world-class organization businesses should be operating with excellence in mind and make it easy for leadership, management, and all team members to work on and in the business. And I think that's really a, a very important point because a lot of us are so busy, we, we can't work on the business if you're leadership or owners, and you can't work in the business if you're employee. You're not You don't have the bandwidth or the time to do your job because you're just all discombobulated. You've just got so many things going on. This podcast, we're specifically talking some of the characteristics of, of a world-class organization, and we're going to jump in. So what are the characteristics of a world-class organization? Well, number one, here we go again, clear vision and mission. A world-class organization has a well-defined and inspiring vision and mission that guide its actions and decisions. These statements provide a sense of purpose and direction for the organization and its employees. Now, again, the other thing with a clear vision and mission, it pulls you through the tough times. I mean, think think of the COVID pandemic. Companies that flourished had a clear vision and mission, all right? Anytime you, you have a crossroads or maybe it's a new product or service or an acquisition or hiring somebody, you run that through the filter of your vision and your mission and, and your core values, okay? I'll, I'll add that. So it's very, very important. So a lot of the top companies – World-class organizations have a clear vision and mission. Again, who who do you think is world-class? You know, is it Apple? Is it Google? Is it Cadillac? Is it Lexus? Is it you know Chick-fil-A? I mean, I, I'm thinking of a local um, uh, Mexican restaurant that my wife and I frequent, and it's world-class. It, the, the The decor is amazing. The atmosphere is great. the uh, The servers, the the waiters, waitresses, they're awesome. Um, the food is great. Don't even think about the price because we go there and we have such a great time and they hit the mark every time. And they're small. They're a, a local, a small local chain of, of Mexican restaurants. So anyway, it's, it's just excellent and we love going there. So that's world class. All right. The second one. I digress. The second one, exceptional leadership. Effective leadership is crucial. And I'll just say exceptional leadership is crucial for any world-class organization. Strong leaders set the tone, inspire their teams, and drive innovation and growth. They prioritize strategic thinking, decision-making, and fostering a positive and organizational culture. And as my friend and mentor John Maxwell says, uh, leadership is influence. In businesses and organizations, rise and fall on leadership. Again, I've done many podcasts on leadership, so you could go back and listen to those. But leadership—you you, got to have vision, mission. You got to have leadership—someone who is who's steering and and someone you want to get behind, right? Someone you're excited and someone who's engaged. You know, with with the with the company, with the team members, with customers. Okay, we we don't want hidden leadership, which I see all the time. Uh, you know, it's like, where's Waldo? Where's leadership? But we have no idea. They're 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 not. They're just not in the front. They're not making announcements. Again, I, I mentioned before, there's one company out there that I follow, and the, the CEO he makes announcements on a weekly basis about whatever the topic is. Man, that's leadership. He's leading from the front, and that is so awesome. All right, number three, continuous innovation world-class organizations are always looking for ways to innovate and improve they invest in research and development encourage creativity embrace new technologies and processes to stay ahead of the competition now this reminds me there was a company in the building product space called Gecko Western and they were acquired by much larger company Firestone but when it was sold it was sold for a lot of money And the owner uh, the guy who started the business they they said what was your formula for success um, he said what you know again not to get into the the industry jargon and lingo but one of the big ones was research and development. Um he said we hired the best in this instance it was chemists but they had a top-notch research and development team not to copy but to come up with new things to lead customers in a new direction and they looked at other industries for you know for for inspiration. So continuous innovation is important, all right? No one likes change, but change is the only constant, right? You hear me say that. We're going to move on. Number four, outstanding customer focus. Customer satisfaction is a top priority for world-class organizations. They actively listen to customer feedback, adapt their products or services based on customer current and future needs, and consistently deliver high-quality experiences. And again, I'll, I'll go back to the, the Mexican restaurant I was talking about earlier. Uh, the first time we went, it, again, the the, the, the waitress... Uh, server she was awesome she uh she my, my wife and I just loved her you know we we kind of got to know we we heard her her story and she heard our story, but at the end, you know, as often we have leftovers, she actually boxed up our leftovers for she came with a little table and boxed up and then gave us a bag of chips and salsa to go <laughs> i mean we didn't even that was like wow that was and again, as some of you go oh that's you know that's what happens at my restaurant well, you know that doesn't always happen. And we didn't ask for it. We didn't, you know, again, she got a very good tip because of that. But that was just outstanding customer focus. All right, the next one, number five, high-quality products and services. Delivering products or services of exceptional quality is the hallmark of a world-class organization. They maintain strict quality standards, invest in quality control, and take pride in the value provide to, that they provide to their customers. And, again, we see that missing a lot in various industries. Uh, you know whether it's food whether whether it is you know something you're buying at the store you know whether it is an automobile, maybe it is building products, maybe it's you know whatever it is or something you order on amazon uh, again that's why we we watch the, the amazon reviews when we order something because you'll get a real quick taste on on what what quality is so uh it that's just important that's you know again the quality. Uh, re-emergence of quality started back in the you know 80s and the 90s and and now I, I think it's pretty much part of most cultures but you uh, can slip uh, you can get complacent and your quality on your products and services can can drop if you're not careful so you've got to maintain that if you're a world-class organization all right number six a talented workforce a world-class organization attracts and retains top talent prioritize hiring individuals who are not only skilled but also aligned with the organizational's values and goals and let's just say culture okay employee development and training programs are emphasized in our in the forefront in my opinion that is awesome so again talented workforce again we do have a problem with employee retention and engagement again a world-class organization shouldn't have these problems because of that because of development training a clear vision, mission statement, a great culture, great product and service, and I think the other thing is, if you're hi- if you're a company who's hiring, one thing I've noticed lately, talking to a lot of uh, friends and colleagues who are going through the interview process, interviews are taking way too long, um, and, and I get it. I know when you're when you're the hiring manager or the hiring company, there's a lot going on, but I'm seeing interviews string out three, four weeks, uh, just just to even get to the. Are, are we in play here? A lot of the interviews I've seen have have stretched out to months. That is way way too long, and you're losing candidates. And so, what you're telling candidates, if it's that disorganized through the interview process, it's a direct reflection on how the company operates. So, I, I've had many friends. They like after two interviews, it was such a terrible experience. They just said, "I'm, I'm not interested in this job anymore." So, so if you are an uh, an employer and you're looking for talent, especially if you're on the HR uh, you know personnel side you know y- you gotta clean up your, your your interview process that's all I'm saying all right talented workforce number seven communication excellence now I'm not going to go on, you know over that this one too much because I covered that in the last podcast but communication excellence is a hallmark of the uh, of a world-class organization so if you hear more about communication listen to my last podcast it's a f- 30 minutes of fun all right number eight Agility and adaptability. World-class organizations are agile and capable of adapting to changing market conditions, customer preferences, and technological advancements. They're quick to respond to challenges and capitalize on new opportunities. Again, go back to COVID. When everyone went home, again, for, for most companies, people had to adapt. People had to become agile. Again, you look at a lot of restaurants who pivoted, and again, I hate saying that. It's such a COVID word. Uh, heard, over overheard that too much and I hate using it, but it's accurate. They, they changed direction. How about that? They changed direction. So they really focused on curbside pickup. W- restaurants who were able to capitalize on curbside pickup, online ordering and curbside pickup, those are the ones who thrived and survived. And a lot of them still are doing it today. In fact, a lot of restaurants you go, they're not as busy because there's a lot of people. They just now with apps and online, they order and they pick up their their food. So I think agi- agility and adaptability are very important for a world-class organization. All right, number nine, data-driven decision-making. Data and analytics play a significant role in the decision-making process of a world-class organizations. They use data to inform strategic choices, identify trends, and make informed predictions. Now, there's several types of data. Uh, to me, you have marketing data, sales data, then you have accounting data. To me, my personal opinion is a lot of the data we get is historical. You know, I don't I mean, yeah, you're aware of it, but but we're looking forward. and But we do want to use especially market-driven data and maybe some sales data say, you know, we're not selling this particular product like we used to or we see a trend this way. So what I see is companies are either data-rich or data-poor. There's not a lot of companies who are in that middle ground know how to use data. So if you're data-poor, it's probably actually easier to uh, start – getting data that you need versus if you have too much data. I've seen companies where it's just, it's data overload. They have so much data. They don't know how to organize it. They don't know how to create dashboards or report on it. They they don't even know what they're, they're looking at. So again, world-class companies know how to use their data. and It helps them make very good decisions. All right. Number 10, strong ethical standards. Ethical behavior and corporate social responsibility are integral to the identity of world-class organizations they operate with integrity adhere to ethical business practices and contribute positively to their communities and environment again i think that's important i I see uh, in the community i have a lot of there's a lot of grocery stores we have we have a lot of grocery stores a lot of cool regional some national brands but the ones that are very very successful are the ones they're always doing stuff with schools Uh, they're they're doing you know back to school stuff they're doing uh, you come in this day, we'll, we'll give X percent back to, uh, you mentioned this word, and we'll give some money back to the school or, or whatever program. So I think, you know, the community, giving back to the community is very, very important. Now, again, if you're a large, you know, global company, it's, you know, especially if you're a remote employee, it's hard to tap into that. But if you're a corporate campus or a branch location or you have an office in the city you can do that but again the other thing was the ethical standards and again i think that is <laughs> you know what what are ethics uh and to me i don't think there's just biz- business ethics i think there's ethics period so however you conduct your personal life translates into your professional life um it's hard you you can't you know do one thing at home and then do another thing at work so you you, you can't yeah. I don't think you could separate I think it's just ethics all right so again some people are going to push back on that but I think if you're if you strive to be an ethical company you have means you have ethical people anyway I'm not going to go too much deeper into that because that's another podcast all right number 11 operational excellence World-class organizations excel in their operational efficiency. They optimize processes, reduce waste, and strive for excellence in everything from the supply chain management to customer service. While I could stay on this one all day, I think that it was one of the biggest opportunities that most companies have is improving their operations through process. Documenting process, but don't document them and leave it on a shelf. you got to record videos. People have to be trained. And the best time to do that is when they're brand new. Start indoctrinating them to the culture and our processes. This is the way we do things. Now, I'm not saying that you're rigid and you're not going to look at other ways of doing it, but you got to look at what made you successful. you got to duplicate that. Again, I, I, I always say like Chick-fil-A or any successful you know, franchise or chain, I mean, that's the whole idea of a franchise is they have the processes down. They have the mission, the vision, the goal. They, they've Established a culture, so operational excellence is that is what you see in world class organizations. Now I've seen companies where, you know, every time the customer calls in, it's like the first time the customers ever called, or if there's a problem, it's the you know they don't know how to handle the problem. So I, I go back to a, a book by a guy named uh, a gentleman named Chet Holmes. He's deceased, but he wrote a book called The Ultimate Sales Machine, and part of that is he he you know and he's more talking about sales and scripts and all that. But he says leave nothing to chance. So most companies, if you've been in business at least five or ten years, I'm not saying you've seen everything, but you have a good idea of all the roadblocks, pitfalls, and all the things that could pop up. Address those. Have an action plan in place for you. You know, if a customer gets a damaged product, how do we handle that? Uh, you know, Amazon is great. Look at look at Amazon. You get something, you don't want it, it's easy to send it back. That is operational excellence, just saying. All right, number 12, global perspective. Many world-class organizations have a global presence and understand the nuances of operating in different cultures and markets. They leverage diversity and international perspectives to their advantage. Now, again, most of the companies that I work with are not global. They're they're domestically based. Uh, But that doesn't mean you can't look... Um, outside to other markets, other global markets for ideas and and all that. Now, again, in our in our world of geopolitical, you know, you know tariffs and you know all the stuff that's going on in the world, you know, globe the global perspective is is very very hard. I think the the big takeaway from this is many world class organizations do have locations in other countries, and therefore that's almost to, to be successful in different cultures and different countries, you have to be at the top of your game. You have to sometimes adapt to those cultures. You know what are the the norms uh, of those cultures, but that is the mark of a world class organization. All right. So if you're not glo- if you're just domestic, yeah, don't worry about this one. But uh, you could look at say similar markets in other countries, whether it's you know in Asia or you know the UK or you know, Europe or or Australia or wherever. And maybe maybe there's some good ideas that they're doing there that you could adopt for our market. I don't know. Just say. All right, number 13, measurable performance metrics. World-class organizations set clear performance metrics and regularly measure the progress against key goals. This is a data-driven approach, kind of from the other one, and helps track their success and identify areas of improvement. So this is a, uh, again, this is a traction entrepreneurial operating uh, system thought, and it's also in scaling up um, two books that I mentioned in another podcast, You Know Your Business is in Trouble, part one. And really what that's saying is everybody has a number, whether you're the person answering the phone, how quick can you answer the phone, uh, are, are we on time for service calls, are we on time for shipment and delivery, uh, are we hitting our sales goals, are we hitting your number of sales calls, you know, whatever that, everyone has a number, and that should be looked at weekly to make sure that you're on track or off track of your goals. So, so this is re- related back to data, but you can't really... Establish performance metrics till you get a handle on your data, okay? That's kind of a prerequisite. All right, next one, number 14, strong partnerships. Collaboration and strategic partnerships with other organizations can enhance the capabilities and reach of world-class organizations. They actively seek opportunities to collaborate with industry peers, startups, and other stakeholders. Now, you see a lot of this in the the IT or the software uh, or app business where, you know, someone has, in fact, I think a great example of this is uh, Salesforce purchased a company years actually there's two companies they purchased uh, so Salesforce as many of you know that's a CRM a customer relationship management uh, application we used to say programs but we say apps now uh, and and what they do with that is they uh, you know you collect customer data you you can record appointments and I mean it's, it's a it's a very helpful tool well there was a company called Pardot P-A-R-D-O-T and what they did is they did uh, what's called automated marketing email marketing uh, where it tracked everything. It's kind of like think Constant Contact, if if you're familiar with that. So this company developed that, and they sold it to Salesforce after a few years for like several billion dollars, I believe. Uh, crazy. And then there was another company who added a Maps feature. So if you're, say, for example, you're a salesperson, and you're using Salesforce, you have your, your all your customers, and you're in a particular say like you're in Dallas, and you want to map out your sales route for that day, the maps program, you know, kind of like, you know, what Google Maps would do. You put in all your, your people you want to, you know, drop by and see, like your like your milk run or your route, delivery route, and it, it optimizes that for you. Well, guess what? Salesforce bought them, too, for a lot of money. So that's where I see, you know, strong partnerships. But that also can mean having strong partnerships with your supply chain, your suppliers, your vendors. Um, that's especially in a, in a crunch that that's very very key. But anyway, strong partnerships—that's what you see with world-class organizations. All right, this is the last one. I kind of saved this one for last. I think this is pretty cool. So what we're looking at here—it's it's a cartoon, and uh, the, I'm going to read the the. It, it, actually, I just I, this is not my words. Actually, I found this from uh, uh, an article on LinkedIn by Elisa Carson, and it was called "Amazing Culture." And the the cartoon is. Uh, It's it's a guy coming in for an interview, uh, applying for a job at IKEA, and the manager says, hey, make a chair and take a seat, and you'll, you'll get the meaning of that in a minute. And let me read this. So for number 15, amazing culture, I'm quoting, you must have employee engagement to become world class. Cultural values need to be relevant and not generic. A great culture will ensure your employees are both experts in and advocates of your business. Now, let me stop there for a minute. That's kind of what that cartoon is saying. You know, if you're, if you're looking at, you know, again, I, I would say Ikea is, is a, a world-class, you know, well-known brand. Uh, I don't shop there often. I, my kids are older, so I don't, you know, have a need for that, that type of product. Think about that. Having an employee who could actually assemble some furniture, that would be, you know, part of the culture. And, again, whatever, whatever business you're in, do you believe in the product or service? That is one of the big reasons most people leave companies is they no longer believe in the mission, the product, or the service of the company. So it's very, very, very important that you have advocates for your business or experts in your business. Now, again, they don't have to be experts day one, but you train them up to become an expert, right? So I continue. Employee engagement requires people to actively change behaviors, and this takes time and focus commitment. It's the foundation of any company striving for best practice. Again, what that really means to me is... But, you know, you could still come in and have some diversity, someone from another industry or whatever, and they're, and they're going to give some ideas, but you know, they shouldn't really try to come and change the company to the company they just left. I, I see that a lot. I see people leave jobs, and they go to a new job, and, but they're still hanging on the old ways. Uh, you know, they, they left that job for a reason. They hated it, got fired. Now they're trying to bring those, you know, uh, techniques, those ways and all that to, to the new job. So I think that's very important. you know, you got to protect your culture, protect your company, protect your vision. So I think that's kind of what that's saying. And I continue. The important thing about culture is that it needs to mirror your values and be distinctive. Needs to be both understood and communicated both internally and externally, and most importantly, need to be relevant and preferably not generic. So again, what that tells me is culture is not only internally, but it's who you do business with. Does your customer fit your culture? You know, do you, again, for example, I think of some grocery store chains, and some of them are a little, you know, upscale. You know, they have the wine tasting, they have cheese, they have wooden floors in that area. In some, you know, like let say, for example, like a Walmart, it's just it's pretty much you go in shop, low everyday, low price. So I think it depends on, on you know what market you're going after but it is much easier if you have a distinct culture it's easier to do business with people who kind of get your culture and share your culture so uh, that's all I think all that is saying and lastly a great culture will ensure your employees are both experts in your business and advocates of your product again I think it's kind of a repeat of, of what she said earlier that is so important if you don't have raving fans this again this is a book by Ken Blanchard if you don't have raving fans internally how can you have raving fans externally right you have to have people who are excited about what they're selling again I've known people who are ashamed of what they sell again I'm not talking anything weird I, I think they're ashamed because of the, the quality of the service uh, that their company provides they're like, well, I don't want to attach my name to that that is very 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 important all right 15 points on or characteristics of a world-class organization. Again, I mentioned earlier an offer. Again, this uh, is sponsored by Platinum Business Consulting. So if you would email at info at com, or go to platinumbusinessconsulting.com, there's a contact form at the very bottom. If you uh, are interested in getting a free ebook, it's called Building a Powerful Team. Okay, now this is more geared towards smaller businesses. Um, but again, it's, it's, a, it's a $9.99 value, or $10 value, let's put it that way. It's, it's an ebook, uh, and I'll send that to you in a PDF format, and I promise not to uh, you know, bombard you or spam you with a bunch of offers and stuff. This is just my gift to you uh, for listening. And again, I just want to provide value. You know, it's one of the things that, that I try to do is I provide a lot of free content but I want my content to be better than a lot of the paid content that's out there uh, that's that's how I'm going to grow my business so uh, I hope you appreciate that I hope I hope that resonates with you so again this was uh, the platinum business break podcast the way business should be part three characteristics of a world-class organization season 3 episode 11 and again we appreciate you listening or watching and we will see you next time bye mm <laughs> will